Welcome to the ATG podcast. This is the first of our special 20-minute summer numbers edition. I'm your co-host, ankles behind knees guy. Kingsmith, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to take one topic at a time with 20-minute sessions that, meaning 20-minute podcasts, we'll do multiple a week. So we're starting with ankles. Then the next one, Thursday, we'll do knees. Then you know, the next week, hips, spine, shoulders, elbows, wrists, then we can start getting into neck and we can even get into the speed numbers, the jump numbers, the agility number, you know. So all we're going to break down in this one is numbers that we have seen relate to ankles and we'll, we'll break that down. I'll start with one that I feel very strongly about, which is 20% of body weight for 20 reps on the tibialis bar. Now I know you've, it seems like you've recently built up to that and you were just telling me the other day how you were feeling different athletically. And, you know, I feel like that's a foundational step. Um, what do you think about that number? You know, let's, let's break that one down. Yeah. I think the tibialis bar is like such a big, simple breakthrough. Like almost everyone can smash that exercise, like go as hard as they want. And, you know, the risk is so low and generally people start, fairly weak depending on like if you're a dunker then maybe not but i think people you know generally i would say people will be quite a ways off the target and then you can really hit it hard you can get big improvement and I th- you know it's one of those ones where you're going to notice that extra stability and that extra just um desire to be powerful um yeah it's I th- I, it's probably my, one of my favorite numbers for that reason. Like you, you can just train it so much. It can improve so much and you, people just give that feedback of feeling better in, the, in anything explosive. Yeah. And you brought up a good point, which is that I recall back to when I was trying to train my legs and because of my super bad knees, like I really couldn't find anything quote unquote that I could like do and actually train hard, but then I could train, I could train my upper body hard. Right. So like, you're going to get what you, are asking for. So like if you're training your upper body hard, but you can't really get a pump in your legs, you're too stiff to get into movement. So that's so cool about the tibialis bar is you can just start right from there. Like, like you said, I've never trained anyone who couldn't get a 10 out of 10 burn on that bar. And you're working the other side of your ankle mobility. So it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous how many of us for years have been trying all kinds of ankle mobility drills, but never bothering to actually strength train the front of our ankle. Now, before I forget, this is not an ad for the tibialis bar. 20% of body weight on the tibialis bar for 20 reps. If you don't have a tibialis bar, you can use pretty much anything to strap up a dumbbell. I used to use a floss band because it would just create like a really nice, um, a really nice strong grip on the foot so that the dumbbell wouldn't move. In that case, a single dumbbell, I found same difficulty at 12.5% of body weight because it's kind of a different leverage than the tibialis bar plus the tibialis bar has a little weight. So for myself and coaching hundreds in person, thousands online, 20% tibialis bar or essentially 25%, 12.5% per leg on a dumbbell. So anyone can do this. When you came to ATG last year, we didn't even have the tibialis bar, but we did have a tibialis machine and we would strap up those dumbbells all the time. And we have the wall version. So you've been training them, you know, on and off for maybe a couple of years, but how long have you been lifting weights? Yeah, there's definitely a huge deficit there. Like I was hitting that machine hard at your gym, 
I, I personally, I do think the tip bar is just a massive breakthrough with the the strength curve of the exercise, like, and, you know, people have figured out makeshift ways to do it. And, you know, there's, there's stuff on YouTube, like we're not going to discriminate against people who, you know, can't afford the, the yep. actual device, but, you know, it's cool to all have the same numbers and whatnot, but as one simple investment for people who are dealing with like shin splints or knee issues, um, it's, it's a really, you know, it's a small investment relative to what you pay for a lot of machines, you know, setting up home gyms and, and whatnot. And it's something that also gives you a signature. If you're a coach, obviously, um, you know, you can use it with, with clients and, and yep. um, have a point of difference, but even if you're having your buddies around and whatnot, like it gives you a something to that, that stands apart, which I think is, is valuable as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I just bought six for my old college coach. <laughs> so cool. So there's a, there's a variance there. If you're in high school and you're working jobs on the weekend just to help your mom pay the bills, right? Hop on YouTube and you'll find tutorials on how you can get like PVC pipes and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But look at a cult. Do you have any idea how much sports teams spend on their bodies and their equipment? So like in that case, we're talking about you could buy a fleet of these for your team and it would still cost less than a single lat pull down machine yeah for sure a lot less and that, yeah I, I love it i think that yeah the, you've given a clear you know the single leg ability goes single leg as well if you've had say an ankle injury then yep. you can you can strap on that side and you can you know pull pull out your specific weakness and check your left versus your right which is also you know yep. something that's valuable yeah so that's another interesting way of yeah that's another really interesting way of looking at it take your $10 floss band or whatever resistance band, tie a dumbbell to your foot and build up that way one side at a time, create balance between sides, then progress to the bar, to the TBLS bar, and now really jack it up. Plus, when you do the body weight version against the wall, even though you're lifting your weight, it, that's still kind of creating some balance as well. Like you're working both sides. I, I think there's some independence going on there. So start with the wall. You need literally nothing. You can be, you could actually listen to this. Imagine if you listened to this 20 minute podcast and you tried to do as many tibialis raises against the wall as you could, you'd get yeah. the best tibialis workout in the world. And again, we're catching up. Anyone who's listening to this, there's a higher probability that you genetically suck as an athlete. That's why we, that's why so many of us get into training. Now there's also a high probability. If you're dedicated enough and crazy enough to be listening to this podcast with us two crazies, you probably trained really hard for a really long time. So if you look at your ankle and those first muscles all the way up the shin there, compared to your training history and your genetics, you probably can't do 20% of body weight for 20 reps on the tibialis bar. But the freak athletes can, and you could if you trained for it. So like I, for me, like I trained so hard to wind up with shin splints and knee pain. But if you look at what I did, and if you just look at this from a physics perspective, I asked the universe for problematic ankle shins and knees. That's what I asked for based on the exact stimulus I put into my body. So yeah, get your hips as powerful as you possibly can, but not on top of weak knees and not world-class knees on top of weak ankles. So the last thing I'll say on that one is that if you're coming off major ankle injury, check out my, I have a free ankle, uh, a full ankle sprain formula on YouTube because it's not, 
like an ankle sprain is not part of my system, but it's something that someone might need to handle to get into the system. When you strap up a dumbbell, you can actually get into circles with the ankle. So it's like a slightly, it's almost like if you would say um, how people do calf raises, like with the toes out or in or whatever. I haven't really found that needed on a calf raise, but for an ankle sprain on the tibialis, that can be very important. And I don't recommend going as heavy. You might have to start with a pound, but I had the year that I came up with that, I had, I counted 12 different cases of people who were able to cancel ankle surgeries based on that exercise. And they had tried everything. Well, they hadn't tried strengthening their fucking ankle. <laughs> no one had. So <clears throat> 12 cases we saw doing that. We saw a world record breaker in the decathlete doing it. Um, I think his name's Kevin Mayer. Look at the lower legs on that guy. Holy crap. Anyways, now let's go to the backside before we run out of too much time. Let's go yep. into the calves. 100%. So yeah. wherever the biggest weakness is here is where someone's going to get the biggest gain. So that that tibialis is likely to be a big weakness. The other one that we yep. do see pop up is that people haven't really developed the soleus very much. They've done some standing calf raises. Yeah but they're weak down the bottom. And that's been yep. a recent addition to the program that you've kind of brought in and it's now inside the dense um, yep. program. And I think that 25% per thigh for 25% uh, of body weight resting on the, on the knee, yep. on the thigh for 50 reps on the yep. slant um, is, a, is a really nice and valuable number. Great um, foundation. Great yep. foundation. This is, this is a cool case where a number is something you actually probably could do, but it'll force you to work really hard. So we probably almost all can do 50 reps, seated on a bench, feet on a slant board, doing calf raises to target the soleus while getting a really nice big toe, you know, workout at the top as well. Plantar fascia. Yeah, plantar fascia. So you put 25% of body weight each thigh. A kettlebell is probably the most comfortable. Dumbbell works too, depending on the brand. And you do 50 reps. Now, if you have me there coaching you, I'll probably drive anyone listening to this to 50 reps on your own. Know that you probably can do it, but your three sets of 50 there is going to create some real work for that soleus, which I don't know about for you, but for me, I definitely went at least 10 years of training very hard without ever actually like feeling like a soleus workout. And the soleus is the lower, deeper calf muscle that has the strongest pull of any muscle in the human body, pound for pound. This is a game-changing muscle for athleticism. It's also the muscle that has been found to most protect your Achilles. And when you got knees over toes in a calf raise, you're able to really target this. In zero, we have the KOT calf raise. 25 reps, single-legged creates a nice number, you know, for body weight. But I, I feel like with both of those, I feel like it's something we can push through. Um, whereas with the tibialis, it's more like with the tibialis bar, for example, like, I've coached a lot of people on that now. And, and at 20%, unless someone's trained it or is a freak jumper, they probably will fail. Like, like, I mean, if a gun was to their head, they would not be able to do 20 reps. You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas with the soleus, with the KOT calf raise, 25 reps, single leg, or with the uh, slant board seated calf raise, 50 reps, 25% body weight each thigh. If a gun was to your head, you probably could do it. And you just cause some wonderful adaptation two areas covered pretty well so far tibialis soleus two areas that i was never made to train and i went to you know i had at least a dozen different trainers between sports teams and personal hire 
no one ever made me train tibialis and soles and sure as heck not with a measurable target you know if anything it was like a little theraband or something but no measurable target but i sure as heck had measurable target the things i did have measurable targets on that i could train without pain i improved on you know um i hit you know it's not that impressive but i hit 245 on incline bench for reps at one point but i couldn't i couldn't grab the rim you know and i was trying to be a basketball player so I, i've always gotten better it's at the big, thing big that numbers I for big numbers if for I basketball it, exactly yeah. if i can measure it and i can train it without pain i've always gotten better on it and so the ankles are no different I think that's a key message for people listening in here that, that that's why we're so big on these numbers is because they will drive you to train better. They, they will help you to gamify your training and be excited for your next session and get those sets done and just be better than you would be if you don't have clear targets. And athletes will often say this, like, I just didn't know what I needed to be good at. And maybe people have heard of some of these exercises. Like people will often say like, oh yeah, I've, I've seen the ATG stuff and I've done bits of it over the years but that is so different to having these clear targets and actually going after the numbers without bias. You know, that's the new thing that you've, you've kind of put forward there in the, in the um, ATG pulse, like the numbers without bias, this is numbers without bias. Like the tibialis matters, the posterior, you know, um, tibialis mat, you know, matters as well. Like the soleus matters, like these numbers, these numbers and these muscles really do matter. And to say that they don't, because there's no, double blind, you know, studies and research and other coaches aren't talking about them. Like, how can you say a muscle doesn't matter? You know, why, why is it there if it doesn't matter? You know, like yeah. that's the, we're just ahead of the game. Someone has to be ahead of the game. The, yeah. the university can only study what's already there. The best, you know, candle makers in the world didn't come up with the electric light, you know? So um, it, it's, it's a great quote, you know, the breakthroughs happen from outside, you know, from the fringe, they happen, you know, work ATG is, is on the fringe making the breakthroughs that anyone could do any infinite number of tests on a tibialis strengthening or solely strengthening now, you know what I mean? That, that could be tested a hundred different ways. Like who cares to me? Truth is simple. In my personal opinion, the, you know, academia and making that an exclusive and can't think for yourself kind of thing has actually only taken us backwards, not forward. So for my intents and purposes, uh, I, I would prefer, you know, not being involved in academia, but we're laying out things for academia to go take forth. You know what I mean? Um, we're almost done with our time. I think we have a few more minutes, maybe five yep. more minutes. Yep. A simple then if we move up to kind of finish off the ankle, there's still just a straight legged, you know, ankle strength, single legged calf raise, 25% body weight strict. So, you know, no holding on to something for balance, only knuckles against a flat surface. I guess you could go palm against the flat surface, but basically you're not getting assistance from the offside. You're not bending the knee straight legged strength. 25% body weight for 10 reps, a lot of people actually will fail to do strictly. I couldn't do that with body weight at first, again, because I just wasn't in a system. I was taught, you know, that it's like that calves are only like 5% of vertical jump. And maybe that's true for a standing vertical, but for basketball and for life and longevity, like standing vertical is one component of expressing power, but standing vertical is not elasticity. For elasticity, the guys I've trained destroy 25% for 10 reps. It's like, no wonder they get it. They jump higher with the running start. Connor Barth was doing 
we had to figure out ways to load his him enough because his single leg calf raise was so strong. We would use a barbell on his back. And you're thinking, how do you balance? You set your step by a wall and the plates, the bumper plates roll up and down the wall. Does that make sense? So you have, so he was doing half body weight for 10 strict reps. And meanwhile, guys with good standing verticals who could barely jump any higher with the running start. And, and they couldn't do, you know, 25% of body weight for 10 strict reps. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, that's, there's so much clarity in just those three numbers and understanding that philosophy of wherever you're weakest amongst those is, is where you're going to get the biggest gains. And it doesn't matter how much you can squat, bench, deadlift. If you're, if you'd want to be athletic and you're not experiencing uh, anything, you know, if you're having issues or if you're not close to those numbers, then you are leaving athleticism behind. Like these numbers may be much more important to you than and potentially major chronic foot pains and shin yeah. split. You know, I gave up on the idea of dunking off a one-legged jump and I thought, well, I'm just a two foot jumper. I'll never be able to dunk off one foot because my shin splints were so bad. I, I couldn't go try to jump off one foot. My heel would start hurting or plantar fasciitis or, but again, I, I just hadn't actually put it, the work into that. So to, to clarify and recap for people, we're talking about three zones of strength tibialis, soleus, gastroc, in terms of just general areas, those break down actually to like dozens of little muscles and tendons and all kinds of stuff. So with tibialis bar, and when you do that, that exercise, you're able to train short and long range, believe it or not, at the same time, like it gives an, it, it gives an unmistakable stretch at the bottom for people who've had chronic ankle sprains, that tibialis bar is the best damn investment you could make because if you don't get strong in that deep range, that ankle will often just stay stiff and stay with that weak feeling. But then when you go to the top, like it's very hard to hold at the top too. So it, it, the nature of it kind of works both ranges. With the calf though, you really do have two different calf muscles, soleus versus gastroc. And when we bend the knee, we're able to get into that. I, so I can't hard. hear you. I can't hear you. Hey. Babe, don't come near the car. It's messing up my podcast. <laughs> the Bluetooth. Her, her phone. Yeah, Technology. Yeah, too. <laughs> Technologies. Farther. Farther. Hang up. <laughs> uh, it's like a, every, every week there's a little bit of comedy value in something that goes. <laughs> Somehow got a little something each time. But Lucky's being a good boy. He's just been here. Yeah, he, yeah. He's soaking it in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so that was kind of my recap is have three zones. If you don't have any problems in your life, maybe add these just as longevity. I'm really passionate about it because I actually had to give up on certain goals only to find that I didn't have to give up. And and now I'm looking forward over the next 10 years, like I could become a world-class one foot jumper. And yet only a few years ago, prior to training these things, I literally believed I would never dunk off one foot now i can't wait to now it's like i i don't even know how to give myself shin splints so that that's my recap is everyone should train these things from a longevity purpose you know side of things for certain people this can actually change your life it can make a career possible it can make playing with your kids possible there's a lot of people suffering from these lower issues and no there has never been a measurable pain-free everything we've described scales to pain-free levels way of training these and if you can train something without pain with measurable progression 
you can improve it. Love it. Yeah, this this was such a big issue for me as well. I had an ankle surgery and uh, the shin splints kind of issues like like yourself, bone irritation. It was a real pain to stop me from training the way I wanted to. And there's so many people out there going through this. So, you know, I know that these numbers can really help. I would just like to mention maybe that there are some other pieces that do add a lot of value to the ankle within the ATG system. So these are like our foundation numbers and they're great. I also see huge value in the natural knee extension or the reverse Nordic in terms of maxing out the the dorsiflexion range. I think that adds a lot. And then the step-ups add so much, even the, the, the J curl um, on the slant board, the fascial aspect of that. Like, so there's other little pieces that will add a lot more value beyond these basic strength numbers. Um, Even the ATG well, split give, squat, the Peterson step up. Yeah, the, the split squat is a massive one as well. We really should have. Uh, things that people yeah. say, oh, I can't do that. But everything we described in this process, is, in, in this in this edition of, of this ankle podcast, is how you actually could do that. So we we described yeah. the foundations. Exactly. Anything else we've mentioned, we will cover as we keep going up the chain into these you know further movements. So yeah. Thanks for listening, Keegan great work um i'm super excited thursday for the knee edition yep amazing and that'll that'll bring in uh the crossover between those so thank yeah thanks for today and uh, looking forward to hearing the feedback on this one awesome we're out